0: And we are live back with another episode of Shifting the Narrative on Everything Autism. I'm Torin Kearns. As usual, I'm joined by the Autism Sage Yourself Mama Baden. How are you?
1: I'm good. I'm good. I'm doing good. I have a virtual background so that I feel like it's sunny outside.
0: Could you lift your mic up slightly?
1: Yes. Hello, hello, hello. A little yep. bit more. Maybe I should not do this mic. Maybe it's not a good mic.
0: Yeah, for some reason you're not com- you're coming in kind of low, at least on my end.
1: Hello, hello, hello.
0: Yeah, it sounds about the same.
1: Really? Let me. This maybe this mic is not. Maybe I should just do without the mic. Let me let me raise it up a little bit more. If I put the mic on louder.
0: All right. How's this? Uh, down a little bit.
1: Oh shit. Okay. How's
0: this? Slightly lower. Slightly. Very slightly. Okay.
1: How's this? Hello. hello? Perfect. Okay. I won't move.
0: Perfect. Okay, I might just I might just leave all this in here, because that'd be kind of cool. But then if it edits and turns out I'm wrong, there wasn't an issue and I created an issue, I'll feel like an asshole. Anyway, if I don't cut this out, and you people are still listening. I'm Torrin Kearns. And as usual, I'm joined by the autism sage yourself, Mama Baden. How are you?
1: I'm good. And we will jump into our topic today. We don't have a guest. So quickly to our listeners, there was a post that sort of stimulated, facilitated.
0: Stacy had a boomer moment.
1: <laughs> had a boomer moment. And um, we took the post that was really kind of like a lot of gray area and misinformation, but confusion, but whatever, different perspectives. And we're turning the topic into something that is legitimate. Um, uh, a legitimate concern issue whatever you want to call it challenge in the autism community so torn do you want to introduce our topic for today
0: yeah see unlike most people online who just want to to moan we're taking something very negative and making a positive out of it i wanted to discuss well first let me just say the 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 post in question was of a video of whoopi goldberg talking about. Uh, Tim Ferriss' famous book, A Four-Hour Workweek, where he talks about how you can get to a point where you only have to work four hours a week because you have so many, much passive income that you don't have to like work to die. And Whoopi was saying how people don't seem to want to work anymore. Basically a typical boomerang. How people don't want to work anymore, yada, yada, yada. And you commented about, like, yeah, Whoopi, people don't want to work anymore. And then like a legion of like Angry Gen Zers. What people say, millennials, because she's a boomer. So she forgets that millennials are like my age. Like the oldest millennials are like damn near 40. So she means like Gen Z, like people in their 20s. So a bunch of Gen Zers came on just screaming about, like, how dare you expect us to have to work? And it's not fair. We shouldn't have to work. We should just be gifted a four hour work week without putting in any work because working is racism or whatever term they want to use and i decided that this would be a great topic not about the 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 cesspool comment section but to talk about a lot of issues autistic people have in meeting typical uh work requirements and work expectations because for people on the spectrum working full-time 40 hours Which, honestly, now, if you want to work for a living and not be in poverty, 40 hours probably isn't enough, depending on where you live. Working full time is difficult because oftentimes you're in situations where you're not being supported and the job itself is demanding, even if you have supports, and you don't really get a lot of time to decompress. You can't just take weeks off when you're burnt out. You can't take two days off when you're burnt out just randomly. So what ends up happening is you end up in this feedback loop of burnout. Where you're burnt out, and then the thing burning you out, you have to keep going to work. And that burns you out more. And then you're just in this constant state of just autopilot and poor mental health and depression. And eventually you end up quitting, and then a lot of us end up on public assistance. And I wanted to really get into that in in, in depth and talk about some of the ramifications of that, and maybe what are some ideas we could do to help break that cycle? Mm-hmm.
1: So, in an ideal Stacy's world, um, the workplace would be accommodating for autistic individuals or neurodivergent, uh, whichever you choose to um, refer, because we're including ADHD, of course, but, and, and I even think of as a mom, as a working mom for women. Right? Because there's a lot of responsibilities when you're a mom, right? Working and a lot of complaints in the workplace and a lot of time off that's necessary for whatever reasons we have to take off when we're moms. So in an ideal Stacy world, you would have a workplace where everyone was honest about their needs and their supports, where they could be honest because everyone would support their needs. Um, And then everyone would work together. So for example, uh, what you and I do, Torin, when either one of us is having a off day and we have a guest or we're having dysregulation or if you are close to burnout, whatever the circumstances are, you and I make adjustments for each other, right? So that we can still get the job done, but the other person doesn't have to take on the load that they may normally take because we're just kind of like, Supporting one another, if that makes sense, does that make sense to you, Torin?
0: Yeah, but that's communism.
1: <laughs> How is that communist? I don't want to know. I don't want to know. <laughs> so apparently, now I'm learning I'm a communist, and I didn't even know it.
0: <laughs> we learn things every day, Stacy.
1: You know what? You know what? I actually, honestly, now that I think about it, I'm not going to even take responsibility and say this is for Stacy's world. I am going to say what I think about when I was a Girl Scout. When I was a Girl Scout, everybody had duties. Everybody had responsibilities to get something done to get through the day, just like your family should, right? One person shouldn't be doing everything in the family. And then if someone needs whatever, for whatever reason, someone else pulls the slack and then vice versa, the other person may need. So I guess I'm just thinking it's not always going to, people always say things like, well, that's not fair. Right, it's not fair. It's not fair that she gets, you know, maternity leave, and I'm a man and I don't get maternity leave. It's not fair that they have a disability and they get to take off early because they need time. Well, if we're all honest about what our needs are and we all understand why we're needing to leave and we have system and systems in place when we cannot show up to the office or wherever we're supposed to be, then you know, it sounds reasonable that it would work out. But apparently, that is, I. Idealistic, not idealistic. Apparently that's communist. I I don't know, Tara. Now I need you to deter me from my complex um, confusion of thoughts right now.
0: Well, the thing that's simple is any scenario in which you are not working until the day you drop dead for somebody who doesn't give a shit about you and is making more money than you will ever see in your life. Any refusal to be involved in that system or any suggestion that we might want to slightly, even slightly amend that system so it doesn't like to churn people out, up and spit them out is communism. Ah, okay.
1: sorry. Right. So I don't think that's what I'm proposing. I think I'm proposing we all just are working together.
0: Oh, that's communism too. In fact, anything I disagree with is either communism or woke, to the point where, and it's not a joke, I have started to adopt these terms to just describe things I don't like. Like, for example, if it's raining out and someone says, like, let's say I leave the house and my aunt wants to to leave the house because we we work in shifts to take care of my uncle. Mm -hmm. And I leave and come back and it's raining out. She asks me, is it raining out or how is the weather out? And I think the weather is kind of crappy. I'll say, oh, it's very woke. Or I'll say, I'll say it's communist now because we understand that, that means anything we don't like, because that's how those phrases are used. Okay. Okay. Obviously, I'm speaking very tongue-in-cheek right now. <laughs> but, but that's what
1: I love about our conversations. But
0: what I want to impart with this whole mm-hmm. thing is that a lot of autistic people are being chewed up and spit out. Mm-hmm. Yes. And amongst the problems I see with that is that even we'll, we'll talk about combinations in a minute, mm-hmm. but what I want to impart: even when you have the accommodations, for example, I have all the accommodations you could ask for because I work with you. Mm-hmm. But even then, I still struggle where I have burnout and like I feel I feel like shit right now. Like I was late to this to this podcast, which was an accommodation. That gave me a couple extra hours to get my shit together because I was really struggling. I'm very dysregulated, but I'm still tired and agitated. And I still have a bunch more stuff to do to help this business grow, to help my own brand grow. And even though I have all the accommodations in the world, I still feel like crap. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm lucky enough that I can pull back. A -hmm. lot of people can't, which is the the, the accommodations thing. But even with all that, the idea of a 40-hour work week, Mm -hmm. which I've done, by the way. It's not like I've never worked. I've done that for years. I'm 31. Of course I have. And every time I've tried like a normal, I'm using quotations here, job, Mm -hmm. I've just completely like shit my way out of it. (laughs) Like I, I just was unable to do it. So I think a discussion, discussions you see that a lot of people call quote unquote woke or communism about like a four day work week, for example, or the amount of paid time off a lot of other developed countries have, like the Nordic mm-hmm. countries in, in Western Europe, is an interesting conversation for autistic adults who really just simply cannot handle a full workload, yeah. a full 40-hour week because of all the things I just mentioned. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. And I totally get that. And I mean, me personally, I mean, you know, I the majority of my career has been school schedule right like school like my whole life is a school calendar i don't even know how to i don't know anything about anything else except the school calendar right like my whole life has functioned off of when we're off and we're not off and school and when school starts and when it stops um but i've always thought 40 hours of work was a unnecessary because i feel like people waste a lot of time at work because there's really not that much like there's stuff to do, but I think there's a lot of time left over to waste. And so I always thought that if they either did four day weeks, right, or less than whatever nine to five people do, I'm like, you spent like two hours at lunch. Like you could have been home by three o'clock if you guys would just get off early after you finish your work, right? That was always my concept. Of course, I've never worked in, 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 in an office. Well, off. you're
0: not. I have. You're not though. So that's the thing. You're, you're you're not going to get off, so yeah, that that's part of what people are saying. With for example, well, no, I'm
1: saying they should design it so you don't have to stay till five. It should it, be
0: when you're done, you can leave. Yeah,
1: or or you know, however you want to. Depending on the business, of course. Like you know, uh, my spouse, there's no way you could do. I'm done when, like, I'm done. Right? Like there is exactly. no time. <laughs> so. So some jobs, there is no done, right? We know it is what it is. But I think a lot of people who do like office stuff, I mean, that's usually the majority of the people that you hear with the memes and the the things like that. So this is what I will give my input because I am not an autistic individual. And so I have to give from my perspective, which is someone who works with young autistic adults, but also some adults. And one of the things that i try to help them with is understanding themselves right their autistic identity so that they know what to ask for and what job to at least look for right like certainly don't go to chick-fil-a i mean that's like the most ridiculous job like don't do customer service like why would you want to do that i mean like it's just crazy jobs for someone who is neurodivergent. Those jobs just usually don't work out really well. Um, and Chick-fil-A is just a big sensory overload. I mean, just like watching the drive through is overwhelming. So helping them to understand so they know what to ask for. And then if we have organizations that are now starting to train companies, um, I know Stephen Shore does a lot of work and I really, I just have to catch him when he's not out of the country Um, because I really want him to come and talk about this um, in terms of companies being aware of what they can do, because from a person who works with another autistic person, I don't have any complaints that are are like significant because of the way you work, your work style, your work hours, right? Um, Because I understand this is, What is necessary, right? And it's not a big deal for me. I think if more people understood, and I know I'm thinking idealistically, I get it. My world is like everybody not gets along because that's not what I think should happen, but at least is understanding. So, in terms of the advocating for yourself, if you're an autistic individual who understands what you need, you know which job would be a best fit, you know exactly what you need to be a contributor to your workplace so that you can pay your bills and be independent. What would you say companies need to shift their narrative on? Like, what do companies need to understand that they're not understanding? Because it's not like there's no value in hiring autistic individuals.
0: Mm, So that's a tough question because obviously it depends on the job. Mm -hmm. Um, I think I'm going to sort of backtrack and break it down piece by piece. The first thing you mentioned about how people tend to be done and like they, they get done early. And we just contract that. Like, if you're done, you should leave. If you work one of those jobs. A big issue with that is, for autistic individuals, is masking. Because, obviously, and I'm stereotyping here, but let's say you finished your work by three, you're supposed so to be there by five. You can't just break out a Rubik's Cube and start playing with that. Because your boss is going to come through and say, why aren't you working? You have to look busy, even though you have nothing to do. And that's a form of masking because you have to pull up the, continue to pull up the appearance, and that burns through spoons and mental energy almost as fast as actually doing the work, if not faster, because doing the work, especially if it's something you're good at, yeah. you can kind of get into a flow state. It can feel regimented. But then when you have to just make stuff up and look like you are when you're not, that is in and of itself a challenge. Okay. the the, the The second thing is that for companies, that would be the first thing. would would be understanding that if people are done with their work, stop expecting them to yeah. look busy. Yes. And this is, and obviously, we're talking about pie in the sky. If we were emperor and empress in the world here, I understand some things. Another thing is obviously, uh, you mentioned the type of job. The reason a lot of autistic people end up in places like Chick Fil A, or we were talking off air about Starbucks, is because there are low entry jobs. A lot of autistic people get burned out of academia, mm-hmm. meaning they don't have college degrees. You don't have a college degree. Yes. You're, not getting a, you're not getting most office jobs, especially nowadays, where you might get that flexibility. If you're at some place like Chick-fil-A or Starbucks or food service, which I have a decent amount of experience in, they, because it's a low entry, they can just replace you. You're replaceable. Mm-hmm. You have a low value to the company. Yes. Therefore, yes they're not going to want to invest in giving you any accommodations because why would you invest in accommodations when you just fire them and bring somebody who doesn't need it
1: of course of course so what popped in my head is two things one is when you talked about having to stay at work and busy yourself even though you're done that reminds me of why students get frustrated they're finished they're done and the teacher's like well we have to read that story one more time And they're like, finished, done, all done. And then that creates an issue because as children, they can't articulate. I don't have enough spoons to like sit here and fake it till I make it that this is fun to read this story one more time when I'm done. Um, But the other thing is I want to push back. You always do really good pushbacks on me. I want to push back on the comment you made about having to stay at work when you're done with your job and making up things to do to look busy. Non-autistic people will say, well, we do it all the time because half of the day people are doing jack shit at work nothing like nothing either waiting for someone else to finish something or doing nothing because they could actually be done or people work slower because if you do finish then people think that oh we don't need this many people to get the job done or
0: they give you more stuff to do <laughs>
1: yes exactly like if you work really fast and so you have to manage this Uh, There was a really good uh, Instagram reel about this guy. Oh my gosh, it was so funny because he he went in for a job review. I think I sent it to you. He went in for a job review, and they said that he was doing really well. And then they said, "We've noticed that since your last whatever quarterly review, your your uh, you know your productivity has gone down, and your blah blah blah." And he's like, "Yeah, well, you know, I realized that." you know, I was working at a level that didn't equal my pay. So I went down to the level of my pay. (laughs) Brilliant.
0: (laughs) That's like the Chappelle skit when he's interviewing for a job. Like, why do you want this job? It's like, I'm broke. I'm broke.
1: Exactly. But it it is something to be said about, I say all the time, those of you who are listening and you're in the United States, I just feel like the United States thrives off of BS, right? Like BS, (laughs) like, like long hours, like, oh my gosh, it takes so long to do this. And I'm like, really? Does it really take that long? Well, we've trained ourselves to make it take long because we don't get off till five, right? When we could actually be much more productive. And I think that was one of the reasons why when COVID hit and people were realizing, oh my gosh, I'm like done in three hours with all my work, right? And I'm just going to like hang out on my sofa. So then businesses were like, you got to clock in. And so people got creative with moving their mouse to make it look like they were still logged in. But my thing is, they were done with their work. What what do you want people to do? But then, of course, people say, well, we're not going to pay for hours. You don't work. Blah, 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 blah. So back to our topic. Um, What do you say to people? Because I think people need to understand the difference between how masking, faking it, BSing your way the last three hours at work is different for an autistic person versus a non-autistic person.
0: Well, a big difference, and this is in my opinion, mm-hmm. a big difference is that you for for, for for a non-autistic person, you can sort of just work and work slowly and do a little bit of time, go check Facebook uh, and do it in like a stealthy way that people aren't looking or maybe even not, you just happen to know when the boss is likely to come around, for example, or you have good situational awareness, so you know when they're around. These are things autistic people don't tend to have as much of. And also a lot of autistic people work well in flow state. So when they're when they're flowing, that's when we're able to get the most stuff done. But that also is the most productive way which this sounds oxymoronic. But the most productive way to do a job isn't always what the boss wants. They want the the way that takes the longest. So, for example, Stacy likes to give stories, so I'll give a story here. Uh, I had a job uh, literally digging ditches. That was literally my job in the summer heat, in the middle of August, in the afternoon. And we had to dig a certain amount of ditches. And... We would basically dig in these long lines of ditches and planting trees in them. And we also had to pull weeds out of the ground outside of, of, of one of the buildings where our hands, like that that would grow in like the cracks, like prison labor type shit. We were being paid pretty well for it, but it was prison labor. The biggest issue is you wanted to do the job the most efficient way possible to get it done the quickest because it was 95 degrees out and you were in the sun. But they wanted this to take a certain amount of time. So we had to figure out how to make things go slower, but still not have to overexert ourselves and not melt in the sun. And that was uh, an interesting trial and error experience. And on my own, I would not have been able to do that. I was able to because I had uh, crewmates who were more savvy than I was, who were able to come up with strategies to make it so we didn't have to work we didn't have to look like we were working and spread out what was really grueling, uncomfortable, unpleasant labor for five hours when we could get it done in three. So if you're autistic and you don't have uh, uh, coworkers that can help you with that, that's how we tend to get in trouble. Because obviously, we're very routine oriented. We want to get things done efficiently. And many autistic people, and I don't mean this in a bad way, are very averse to discomfort. And the reason we're averse even more than normal people is because we are always uncomfortable. Yeah. So we're super averse to to being extra uncomfortable. So if we're in a situation where the work makes us uncomfortable, you'll want to get through it as fast as possible. You don't want to string that out and be uncomfortable for longer.
1: You know, I think what you said, um, I'm going to say it again. And then, of course, you know how I like to tell listeners to rewind for that part is... We have to remember, and Torrin just said it brilliantly, we don't like to be uncomfortable because we're already uncomfortable all the time. And I think that's the part that parents, educators, and therapists, and employees, employers, employers and employees, need to, including myself, need to remember that, you know, I say it all the time for kids, they're working so hard, right? They're working really hard just to navigate their day so are autistic adults, right? They're working hard to navigate the workplace. And so I think we forget when we think about, well, you know, I mean, goodness, we're all miserable at work too, you know, bullshitting and wasting time. And we could be home washing laundry or doing something else or getting into a doctor's appointment when our work is done, right? But we have to whatever. So just for the listeners, you know, part of the shifting the narrative is understanding. And when we understand why it's challenging, why the request for accommodations, why. Um, not wanting to be uncomfortable at work is something that needs to be said, it's because already uncomfortable. I think of it, for those of you who struggle with understanding the different perspectives, because some people do, it's, it's hard to understand a different perspective. If you think of, I always like to look at other disabilities, right? We would never expect someone who was hearing impaired, right, to have to uh, work really hard at reading lips all day for hours and hours, because that's really taxing on them, but we would all understand that, right, because there's a little bit more knowledge now, it wasn't before. So I think there's something to be said about remembering, we already do this for other disabilities, we already consider their uh, I hate to say it that way, but just sort of like a baseline discomfort and what's a word, Torrin?
0: I think you got the word right, discomfort. And one thing I would like to add is in a very, very superficial surface level, we understand being deaf. We understand being blind. We've all put earplugs in our ears. We've all closed our eyes and we could say, wow, this must suck to not be able to see always or to not be able to hear always. Yeah. versus with autism, not enough people make the effort to equate autism to experiences everybody has. So we instead, and a lot of autistic people do this online. It's one of the things that annoys me about autistics are prominent platforms. They act like it's just Wholly different experience that only they're going through, and every mm-hmm. every component of autism. That's what autism is. It's yes. a series of experiences. Mm-hmm. Every single one of those, they are the only people in human history to ever have gone through it, and it's the dumbest ever because yeah. people empathize by having skin in the game. I say this all the time. So, it's, so instead of trying to describe someone what a meltdown is like and how to how to attribute it to something they've gone through. Like if they've ever been in a high stress moment where they've just completely mm-hmm. collapsed or what burnout is like, where if you've ever gone, if you've ever been in college and you have to pull several a night or simultaneously and afterwards you just veg out for a week. Yeah. That's what burnout is, for example. Yeah. We don't try to do that. So when it comes to like the examples you gave being deaf or more visible disabilities, mm-hmm. those people can instantly go to that place. Yes. Autism, it's it's harder and mm-hmm. quite frankly, people aren't putting in the work. Autistic people aren't putting in the work to 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 link themselves to other people. I hate to say that generally, because some are, but a lot aren't. Mm-hmm. And that's part, part of many reasons mm-hmm. that we're not getting those sort of sympathies. If people can't understand, they're not they're not just gonna give us stuff they don't understand. People are hostile to things they don't understand. Exactly. That's a general human trait. Yes.
1: Yes. And, you know, I'm going to take a moment to say, I think I've been doing some stuff right, because that is what I try to do with my parents, is try to get them, um, and, you know, I, I don't know if I've ever told the turkey story uh, on the podcast, but I, and this relates to the workplace, right? If you're a coworker of, I mean, I've worked with neurodivergent individuals, undiagnosed autistic. Um, And yes, I have to make adjustments. (laughs) But because I value their skill set, I'm willing to make the adjustment willingly. And I also make adjustments quite easily. But I tell parents the story, teachers and parents, when they say things like, well, you know, uh, they need to be able to do it on their own, right? Like they're going to have to do it. I mean, we're all getting paid or whatever the complaint is, right? And I say, well, okay, so... uh, imagine like this comes to where that you know taking supports away right like feeling like supports is an upper edge and so people think that in the classroom but also in the workplace so I say you know think of that like dish that you make like you know for Thanksgiving and you make this turkey and the turkey comes out beautiful and it's just oh my gosh and and everybody's like oh my gosh that turkey looks so good and then someone comes to you and dumps it in the trash can and says I'm not quite sure you really know how to make that turkey on your own. I want you to do it again to make sure that you show me you really, I want you to prove that you know how to do it. Right? So I tell that story because parents can relate to that. They can relate to putting forth effort, doing something and someone negating their effort and making them prove themselves. And then they get that connection of, huh? Then they get a little empathy, huh? Then they change their perspective And then they're willing to support, accommodate, whatever is necessary. But to your point of you can't do it by yelling and complaining because no one's listening when you're yelling and complaining. No one's listening. No one's listening to yelling and complaining. And no one is going to understand um, as much as you will because it's your experience. But there are ways that you can get others to understand so that. You can work with your coworkers. You can hire people that are um, neurodivergent and it can be a good win-win for everybody. Um,
0: And and, in a lot of autistic people's defenses, mm -hmm. when you're already burnt out, when you're already in the burnout loop, which a lot of these people yelling and complaining are people who are stuck in this burnout loop I talked about earlier. Mm -hmm. And you're dealing with people who don't wanna listen, especially if you're an autistic person that's not, how can I say this nicely? super articulate. I mean, like above average articulate, because how people are, especially if they already don't want to hear your cases, Mm -hmm. if you try to explain something and you start stumbling over your words even slightly, they'll jump down your throat. They won't give you a chance to suss it out because they don't Mm -hmm. care. You have to be able to talk so pretty Mm -hmm. that you can basically walk them into coming to the conclusion themselves. That takes a certain skill set that a lot of autistic people don't have. Mm -hmm. And I just want to say, I understand I'm doing a lot of pointing out problems without solutions. I apologize for that. But the issue is a lot of these problems sort of feed off each other because autistic people lack one thing. It causes this like chain reaction of lack of supports that just constantly feeds on itself. So that is one thing. So a lack of articulation even for what you'd call, quote, unquote, high-functioning individuals, especially in burnout, to articulate it. And another thing is the phrase, I believe, is theory of mind. Mm -hmm. Many autistic people don't, and this is from personal experience, not just online, they don't get the statement that I said earlier of people don't understand things unless they can empathize with it. I know autistic people who they don't, it's not that we don't have empathy, Mm -hmm. but a lot of autistic people, don't quite comprehend how empathy works in the yeah. real world and how yeah. it works for most people. Mm-hmm. They can't quite put their head in the thought process of most people. They feel it differently than most people. Yeah. So they don't understand. You can't just say, I'm struggling, help me. You have to be able to associate because in their minds, logically, that should be enough, which mm-hmm. they're right. In the real world, especially on the timeline we're on, because as we can all admit, we are on the bad timeline, I think I I think there's enough proof of that. Now we're on the bad timeline. You have to convince the person that how they're struggling is a way they've struggled with in the past. So they feel that pain. So then they're more likely to want to help.
1: Yeah. Well, one of the things that I think that you uh, or what I got from what you just said is. Uh, one of the reasons I love working with autistic individuals, child, adult, or whichever is, there's no BS. Like I can't stand BS. Like BS is just one of the things that drives me crazy. Like just like, get to the point, don't BS it. If you don't want to play, don't play. If you don't like me, don't talk to me. I don't really care, right? Like we don't need to waste our time with BS. But the United States thrives off of BS. I mean, I've even asked people and they're like, yeah, I really kind of like it. I'm like, Wow. Wow, wow, wow. But the other thing is, Torin, to your point of saying that, we're talking about a lot of challenges. I think that that's the reality of it. We are just starting to talk about the challenges in the workplace for autistic individuals because of this social media platform and talk about it more openly. And that, um, and, and the fact that autistic people can and want to work because a lot of people thought that wasn't possible. A lot of parents didn't think that that was possible for their child. So I think that we're having this discussion because we need to figure out what the solutions are. We don't have the answers. Like, it depends on where you work. It is a whole, and that's why I want to get Stephen Shore on. I'm sure he has, you know, uh, some great insight um, because it's what he does on a daily basis. But at the same time, I think that um, autistic individuals want to take care of themselves and to be self-sufficient financially, as most people do, not all people. Some people want to live on their parents' sofa in the basement and their mom still cook their dinner and wash their laundry. And that's perfectly fine if the mom agrees to that. However, most people want to take care of their families and be financially responsible but you can't do that if you're not in an environment that supports that. So what do we do to support that? And I think it's just the conversation. Like, I wonder if we could find I oh, wonder if I can get my coworker to come on. She probably won't want to come on. She gets all fumbled. I think I've asked her to come on before. <laughs> but I will I will so I'll give an example of what we did for me to support her because she was um she's amazing she is phenomenal she in in terms of her skill set and a person but she is someone that i if i had to run a school for autistic kids and someone dropped me in a building and said you have to figure this out she would be on the list of people i need to have on my team right the, the struggle was because she was neurodivergent because she was kind of quirky kind of different the bs people on the team the crab What is it, crabs in a bucket, whatever? The other people um, were not tolerant of her differences and her quirkiness. So she was not respected and heard, right? And so she would get really frustrated. And of course, I'm like, you know, you got to be you, but we're going to have to work some stuff out because no one's really paying attention because you're like flipping your hair and braiding your hair in a meeting back and forth, back and forth, which is very distracting for all of us. And A little inappropriate in the workplace to keep combing your hair in a meeting, right? But that was her fidget. So we worked out different fidgets. So we came up with a plan. We came up with a plan where we sat strategically in a meeting where I was always directly across from her. We had our phones sitting on our table in front of us on our own text message on silent. So if we needed to give each other a message, but also. When she started to do things that were very visually distracting, um, that took away from people seeing her for what she had, val- what value she had to offer, I would do little cues and I had little symbols that I would give her. And then she would stop doing her hair. And then she got in some fidget stuff. She got some stuff in place. She got like a chair that would spin. And then I was the lookout <laughs> for anything that she would do That was extremely visually distracting. I'm not talking about just, you know, because everybody at the table is doing something. People are flipping their pins, non autistic people are doing lots of fidgeting. But there were a lot of things that she would do, even something simple like what she would wear, right? Um, I remember one day, and I love her dearly, and she knows that I love her dearly. And I walked up to her and I said, You look, she's like, Oh my gosh, look at my leggings. Because she loved to wear leggings. And I'm sure that was for sensory comfort, and it was great. And I said, so i need you to go home and change those pants and she was like why they're so cute and i said they are cute but we don't wear tights leggings with flying pigs to work like like and i maybe because i'm old school i don't really know but it was very visually distracting and it just brought more attention to her differences right which i don't have a problem with her differences but i was not the only person on the team And people were being very mean and we had meetings about them being mean and people were still being mean and people are going to be mean they're going to be mean. But I just felt like if if she was also frustrated right because she was like, I want to be taken professionally, I want people and I'm like Okay, well then we need to do some things a little differently, because this is not working so. And part of that i'm sure was the masking that you always talk about that's necessary, but she wanted to be seen a different way and and she deserved to be valued because she had a lot to offer. So I'm going to stop with the story, but it's an example of those of us who are not employers, even as a fellow colleague, maybe there are some things we can do out of just, I don't know, is it the kindness of our heart or just being human beings to support our fellow coworker that has value, not the ones that don't have value. We're not helping people who don't have value. Sorry, <laughs> you got to bring something to the table. I'm sorry. Anyway, that's my tirade on that. But,
0: and I I like that story. I think you bring up several good points. The first is that things like stims and stuff and such can single you out, mm-hmm. and you tend to go two directions. So, autistic people will either sort of suppress those things, which is not good for your mental health, and eventually sort of crash, or you'll go the other way where you sort of just do it anyway, despite people saying that. Like, I've had people come up to me and say, have you considered not doing X, Y, have you you tried not doing X, Y, and Z? And my usual response would be something along the lines of, no, but have you tried going yourself? The problem with asking people if they've tried to go fuck themselves is that's not very conducive for continued employment.
1: No, it's not.
0: So I think a lot of autistic people have an issue where they're either walked all over, or if they try to assert themselves, they find themselves out of the job quite quickly, like me, wiping I've been fired. I've worked a lot of jobs. I've been fired more times than I can count for various reasons, usually something along those lines though. <laughs> gotcha.
1: I've been fired quite a few times. Well, and I will say, I am very proud that I was not fired from a job because there was no reason to fire me, but they got really creative and they changed the entire entire job description and job criteria so that I could no longer keep the job, which I thought was like, gosh, I must be really special for them you hate the me
0: effort. that much
1: yeah yeah they did they wanted me gone that bad yeah i took it as a compliment
0: oh <laughs> yeah it is it is that's,
1: that's a lot of energy to put in to like like you know what it takes to get hr in a major school district to change a job description <laughs> somebody slept with somebody
0: <laughs> i mean <laughs> i'm almost certainly gonna have to bleep this out because i can't say this out loud but like i once said some things when I was a school kid, where I was in a school that was not supporting me, and I made some things known out of frustration, which I will not repeat, that literally got the, like, school rules and policies changed and amended and added to because they were afraid of a uh, certain type of situation that happens a lot in schools based off things I said. I'll just leave it at that, though I I, kind of do know that, (laughs) but... I do think that is an issue too. It's advocating for your needs oftentimes will get fired or ignored.
1: Yes, 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 yes.
0: And the last thing I want to go into, running up against time, is it sounds cliche, but it's important to try to put yourselves as an autistic person, or if you're helping an autistic person, put them in, in, in a situation to succeed, try to guide them as best you can towards employment that they'll benefit from. And this is very important if you're coming from a family, because you see this a lot where, I have see this a lot personally, both people I, I've worked with and friends of mine, where financially they're doing okay, not rich, yeah. not, not impoverished, where their kid doesn't need to instantly be working. Like, they don't need to work survive at this exact moment. Mm-hmm. And the smart thing to do would be to take your time, look for a job that would support your needs and make sure, do your due diligence, make sure they're yeah. like, nah, screw that. We just want him to work. We want him to work because he's supposed to be working, which means he needs to take any job he can get. Because when you have your parents, for example, threatening to kick you out, Mm -hmm. which happened to one of my friends, if you don't get a job, you take any job you can get regardless, even if you know it's going to be a disaster. Yes. So another thing is, if you're in a financial position where your child does not have to work immediately, yes, they need work experience, but. They're not going to get the experience and you put them in a job you know they're going to fail at and they get fired in six weeks. And if it happens enough times, they're just going to get traumatized by that.
1: Yep. And I think that is a very, very, very valid point um, for our listeners. Um, remember when I worked with a client, it was a young lady and that's exactly what happened. Her parents rushed her to go into the workforce because that's what you do when you turn 18 and that's what they did. And And she tried to kill herself twice because it was too much. And so, you know, parents of teens and adults having the expectation of their child is going to have the same work trajectory or college trajectory as everyone in the suburban neighborhood so they can all talk about the same BS about what their children are doing so wonderful, blah, 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 is not going to pan out in the best for your child when you push them into that and it's not the right job and they're not ready. So that's a really good point, Torrin. And we should end on that wonderful point of what you can do as a parent, because we don't have all the solutions, right? We'll see if we can get Stephen Shore on and maybe he has some insight that he can share with us, but we don't have all the solutions, but we need to start talking about it. And those of you that are parenting children, that you have, you know, foresight that your child will go into the world and 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 do something to make money to to spend whatever you have decided as a family they will, whether it's on their or with you, that we need to do it in a way we can't control the workplace, but we can control the trajectory of our child, and we can try our best to control which job they pick if you have the privilege of doing that, if that makes sense
0: it does, and I just think, and this will be the last thing I say that it's important for I'm just going to say, it. I know it sounds blunt, Uh, parents need to get over themselves. It can feel like they failed and it can feel like other parents and other people are judging them if their kid isn't immediately working and they're in their early 20s or mid-20s or even late 20s. And oftentimes it feels like it's almost unfair because you know your kid's on the spectrum, but like people judging you don't take that into account. You don't get a handicap because Mm -hmm. your kid is handicapped. Mm -hmm and so you feel the pressure to force them to do something and then you tell yourself it's for the kid's own good yeah but it's not and deep down you know that it's because you are afraid of being criticized yeah
1: and 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 you're
0: you're gonna have to get over that i'm sorry there's no other way of saying no
1: you have to because and this may be you know we can maybe do we haven't done a topic on this because i don't think that parents realize the suicide rate attempts in autistic adults who are pushed into doing and meeting the expectations that the suburban moms at the PTO have all set the standard for everyone to have.
0: Well, oh, we're totally definitely biggest. not doing that topic. In fact, I'm probably going to have to bleep out every mention of that in this episode. So it's just going to be like that girl that beep herself. Now, I might beep that part out too, so, so she beep twice, and it's like, she what? Like, that's what it's going to sound like.
1: <laughs> we can't use that word?
0: Is it a no, flag word? No, not unless you put like a trigger warning over it.
1: Oh, that's a good point. You're right. And
0: right. if you put a trigger warning, a bunch of people just turn it off immediately. Fine. Fine. So it's just so, it's, we're just going to have to pretend that that's not a problem, okay. and that like, complete mental health collapses aren't happening to adult autistic people in large part because of the jobs they're being forced into. We're just going to pretend that's not happening because it's not good for the algorithm and people tend to tune out when you tell them what the real score is.
1: Okay. All right.
0: And on that note, (laughs) That's why we are
1: shifting the narrative on everything autism. (laughs) See
0: ya.